Snow Leopard or GTFO? Seriously, 10.6 was the best operating system app ever released. What do you mean, was? Welcome to the Mac DevOps YVR podcast. This podcast is about the Mac DevOps YVR conference in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We interview guests and discuss topics around managing Macs using open source software products inspired by DevOps. Our goal is to encourage developers and IT to work together to solve problems for our community. For more information, see our website, mdoyvr.com. This is the Mac DevOps Podcast. Welcome to the Mac DevOps Podcast. Today I'm joined by JD, my super intelligent, often warm and cuddly, but today a little grumpy. Hi, JD. How's it going? I'm doing well, and I'm not that grumpy. Stop it. <laughs> You're so passive aggressive. Um, today we're joined by uh, two lovely guests from Australia, Marcus and John. How's it going, Marcus? Um, it's going fine. It's, it's going wonderful um, here. It's um, it's already Friday, so we're a day ahead of you, and everything in the world has been fixed, at least for us. <laughs> I'll never get <laughs> excellent that joke. How's it going, John? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I am here to report also from the future. Things are great. We've got flying cars, entire meals come in pill form. It's great. I love Australia and Australians. Uh, as part of the Commonwealth, uh, we share uh, the Queen and uh, nothing else. But yes, the Queen. Yeah, uh, we both call our, our currencies dollars. That's important. That's oh, yes, something. yes. Yeah, we share that. Yes. Uh, besides the, the Queen and the dollar, we have nothing else in common. But, uh, the two things. <laughs> um, we've invited uh, John and Marcus to help us uh, explain the awesome thing that is Every World, uh, a new brand new conference on the scene, which is brand new, but not really brand new. Right, Marcus? What's the, what's the story behind Every World? Um, why not have a conference that includes everything? I think that's the the basis of it. Not not really. So, um, it, it stems from um, AUC, which is an organisation um, that has been putting on um, Apple conferences in Australia for many many years. Um, the the main conferences um, that AUC has had recently has been uh, XWorld, which is a an Apple device management conference. Uh, Dev World, which is an Apple Developers Conference, and Create World, which is for um, people um, creating using uh, content or using Apple devices. And like everybody else in the world, um, our conference has had a little bit of a challenge this year in that um, we were not allowed to be in the same room as other actual human beings because that was bad, um, which made conferences a little bit challenging. Um, like most people who were organising conferences, nobody really knew what to do and had a great idea for virtual conferences. Um, so it was decided that rather than trying to run three virtual conferences, we'd um, pull all of our um, ideas together and just put on one enormous uh, conference, um, and we like to call it Every World. And everyone is welcome. It, this is true. John? Yeah, so we've been running. Uh, I, I'm more focused on like the dev side of things. I'm a game developer, and I've been running the uh, the Dev World uh, conference for oh gosh, um, something like seven or eight years at this point. Um, and so uh, when when we all got together and went, okay, do we run like? three online conferences at the same time um everyone immediately recoiled in horror at the idea of putting, <laughs> putting more through that i think that a lot of people have got uh, a conference uh, online conference fatigue i've heard it called and um like there's just an amazing amount of great content and great people in the room uh for our past events and we thought that uh, yeah let's let's do this uh, in a way that like brings the entire range of stuff that AUC does into one place and what's the format for your conference um 
I noticed that you have a Discord. That's right. So we are we're doing it as a single track online event. Um, with one exception, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, and uh, we do the whole thing coordinated via Discord. So we have our online feed, um, our, our, our video feed that's on our, uh, on our site, and that's our, our main video output. And people who are in the conference hop into a Discord, and uh, they can, they can uh, be there and watch along and chat. So it's kind of a hybrid between um, the growing community of our Discord participants and a uh, really nicely put together, I hope, um, video feed. I, uh, I I have to say, you probably stole the idea from us. I mean, just kidding. Uh, we did a <laughs> we did a Discord server for Mac DevOps in June because um, we started using uh, Discord to record this podcast, and it just seemed like, oh well, let's try to rebuild the the community and the live experience in uh, in Discord. So um, I, I I I think that's a I think it worked out well, but it was a lot of work, and I see that you've put a lot of work into your Discord as well with lots of good features. Thing that we're noticing a lot, especially over the last year, has been people have been getting very very good at operating Discords, not just for online events like the ones that we're running here and also that you've run in the past, but like people have put together a really good body of knowledge on how to operate an effective Discord. Uh, and a larger community that's primarily based around uh, text-based chat, audio chat, and video chat. And that kind of extends out to online events as well. Yeah, I think, uh, Marcus, uh, you're on the Mac Admin Slack, so you know how that works. You're one of the admins there. Um, I think anyone who's used the Mac Admin Slack or Slack in general would be comfortable in Discord, but then there's these extra awesome features like audio channels and video channels and how does that uh, add to the experience, do you think, Marcus? Oh, d- definitely. I'd, I I have to admit, I'd never used Discord before. Um, John invited me to the um, AUC Discord, and I was like, oh, this is just like Slack. Um, and then we started having meetings in there and um, setting up some really cool automation. And it was like, well, of course, this is why why we're using this, and and I think you know they've they've got very subtle differences, but very clear delineation between what you would use Slack for and what you would use Discord for, and um, you know it, it's it's been really straightforward. Um, you know some some of my technical uh, ineptness, I've had to ask for some help on a few occasions, but there's there's also plenty of people there that are, are clearly very used to using it and understand how everything works. So um, it's it's been fantastic. We definitely uh, stumbled through it a bit. Uh, we didn't realize until after we'd hand-built, artisanally crafted our Discord that there was all these nice templates and ways to automate. <laughs> so we kind of hand-built it all thanks to JD's hard work. Um, but uh, I noticed on the uh, AUC uh, Discord, uh, you have the same introductions channel that I stole from another conference and put in our Discord. And I really like that idea of people could introduce themselves. It 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 brought the idea of being in the room with people, but gave you an extra advantage that you didn't have to just hang outside a circle of people. You already saw who was a jam person or a monkey person or a developer or a gamer. And you could see that in their introduction, their quick bio. And I think that's a great way to get started. Jump into the introductions channel, introduce yourself and see everybody else. Uh, it's a great idea. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, to detract from online events, like you're not in the same room and, and everything that comes out of that. But one really, really nice thing that, like, if there's silver linings, and there's a few silver linings around this whole uh, everything, is that it's a lot easier and, like, socially and emotionally safer to lurk <laughs> online than it is in, in person. And, like, I don't mean that in, like, a, in a pejorative sense. I mean... Uh, you can be in the room and see what's going on and not feel shut out um, in a way that, that, that that's very difficult to do in an in-person event. 
Yeah, some of the bigger conferences I really like attending personally, but then you say you wanted to speak with Marcus. You're like, oh, there's Marcus. I see him across the room, but he's surrounded by 20 people and you can't say hi. But if you're in a Discord, you can listen to the chat. You can add a few words. There's a text chat. It's a lot more, it's a less less threatening and a little bit easier, I think, like you said. Also, the, 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 the presence of reactions as well. Like, I think that's a very, very underrated feature of things like Discord and like Slack and like every other uh, community system that's out there because it's a way to, to add a very, very small thing to a conversation without necessarily risking changing the topic or making it about you. It's a way to say, I'm here and I have this to – this is my, my reaction, my emblem, my, my, my feeling on – somebody else's comment without necessarily trying to elbow your way into a larger conversation. I think it's really, really significant. And so the format for the conference is, are you going to be streaming to uh, YouTube and then discussions in Discord? Um, is that correct? Or are you streaming somewhere else? The way that we do it is we're going to be hosting our own streaming system. Um, so we're doing that via, via uh, Microsoft Azure. Um, and then uh, next to our video player, we're also going to be embedding our Discord chat as well. So uh, we'll basically be surfacing our community to anyone who happens to come across our site, which is going to be um, basically m- made available to people to, uh, to to participate in. But you don't have to be in the Discord itself you, uh, to still see the conversations uh, that are going on. Very so, clever. Um, yeah. We'll have to steal some of your ideas. We'll be uh, watching uh, your conference uh, very closely. Uh, uh, attentively looking to learn uh, new tricks for uh, for us we uh we did a live uh stream to youtube so that people could could uh you know uh rewind and rewatch uh, but then we had live q and a's in discord and we just found it just it really helped make it an event you know i love all the conferences that are hosting videos on there and like the maxisimin their videos are amazing other conferences that have happened recently have put some amazing content on there and uh, it's great, but there's nothing can beat a live event sometimes to get the the crowd and the conversations going. I am taking a lot of inspiration from uh, both for this event and also for future events is a lot of learnings that come out of the uh, the Twitch game broadcasting community. So uh, those people have spent a lot of time figuring out what makes an engaging live broadcast, how to bring the audience in, how to make the audience feel like they're part of the show rather than you just sitting down to watch somebody else play a video game. And it creates a really, really um, often quite intense community feeling, uh, which can be good or bad. But um, like this is kind of, kinds of ways in which that an online event is fundamentally different to uh, an in-person event. It isn't trying to be like a, a shallow replica of an in-person event where we're trying to create, um, you know, re- recreate what we have lost uh, as a result of not being able to be in the same place. Rather, we're now seeing ways in which it is a totally different kind of social experience. And it's, it's honestly really exciting to see this come together. It is. And I think uh, we're learning from the younger uh, younger generation and the gamers. Both of my daughters are now gamers. Uh, my uh, oldest is on, I had to set up a Windows dual boot for her recently, but she first thing she installed after I installed the Windows was she put Discord and she, they watch anime, play video games, they stream anime or stream games and play together and they just hang out. And um, I think because my kids went to a, a, a French school and so all the kids were from different neighborhoods, they had to use technology to reach out to each other 
because they weren't in the same neighborhood. So an extension is now Discord. And my younger daughter for Halloween, instead of Halloween trick-or-treating, they basically just watched movies on Discord <laughs> and were like chatting about funny things they saw on YouTube and they're watching them together. And I think these are new ways of uh, having shared experiences because we do crave being together. That's why we have the Mac admin Slack with those different communities. And I really applaud uh, you for putting all this effort into uh, putting this Discord server together and putting this conference because anything we can do to bring our communities together is is definitely worth it. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Although, uh, maybe congratulate me after we've succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> On your tombstone. You know, he tried real yeah. hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's always the plan, actually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something that's really helped me deal with the, you know, the emotional and the physical struggle of what the you know, the last nine months have been like is trying to focus on what are some of the things that we've actually gained from the different ways we've had to do things. Um, you know, the, the introductions channel, for example, the, the ability to um, not have to actually be there in the room at the same time when someone introduces themselves, that's sort of not that awkward thing of coming in at the end of a conversation and going, oh, how do I join in here and wonder what they were talking about? It's great. You can actually read what somebody said when they introduced themselves months ago and then be able to understand the context to then be able to have, you know, an engaging discussion with that person. Um, you discover things about people that you'd, um, you know, you'd been meeting and having conversations with in real life at real conferences. You read their introduction and it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Um, so th there's all sorts of really amazing um, opportunities that we can get out of this. And I don't think that we're going to go back to conferences being the way that they were before. So it's really important for those of us who put on events like this to understand how we do this and how we do this well, because this is going to be our future. You know, I, I see there being a hybrid of people being able to attend in person, but you know, international, even domestic flight and travel is not going to be as widespread as it was before. Um, and this opens up so many opportunities to people where even when they were able to fly and travel, um, there were financial and logistical restrictions that prevented them from attending. Um, and whereas this is a lot easier to attend, um, it's a lot easier to attend um, parts of a conference rather than, right, I'm going to have to be away for three whole days. Yes, I really would like to have the three whole days to focus on it. But if there's a couple of meetings I need to attend or some work I've got to do or some family commitments, um, I can just try and arrange them around some um, places in the schedule where there's some sessions that maybe aren't quite so relevant or things I've seen before or things I know I can watch later. Um, th that flexibility, um, which can often leave you feeling pretty exhausted at the end of the day, gives us access to things we just would have missed out on before. I know for Mac DevOps, we had a lot of people from Scandinavia and even people from Australia, which is just totally the wrong time zone for Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, it's the middle of the night for them. And um, so we applaud them for showing up, but it's a little bit easier to, even if time zones are against you sometimes, to attend an event. Uh, like you said, you're not, I mean, when you have kids, it's hard to leave your kids and your family uh, to go for a week of conferencing and drinking and hanging out, which is tons of fun. But, you know, go away for a week. You're traveling around the world. Uh, that's a long time to be away from family and work. And I, I, had, an, I had an interesting, um, you know, experience of that this year at JNUC where, you know, JNUC has been, you know, me vanishing for around 10 days and having, you know, quick FaceTime catch-ups when the time zones are coordinating with my family to 
let them know what's going on and talk to them. Whereas this year, um, my presentation was pre-recorded. And so sitting there in front of the computer, being there for the live Q&A, with my family sitting next to me watching my presentation, <laughs> and it was like, this is unusual, but also being able to, you know, involve them and share them and get them to see my, you know, panic and excitement and swearing at technical problems and all of that sort of stuff and get to be get to be part of it rather than that side of my life being this very sort of separate thing that they get to hear me talk about but not really quite understand or be involved in. So have you found that uh, the, like your, your family is more like interested in your professional side of, of your life as a result of having been a part of that? Yeah, yeah. They, they, it gives them context where sometimes a lot of what we do is very difficult to explain to people who, are, who have no experience in that or no interest in that. Um, you know, dad fixes computers. Well, technically, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I sometimes I break them and make them worse, but um, to get to get them to see and to also you know hearing me talk about my imaginary online friends that I have and to actually be able to see some of that as well and um, you know feel you know feel included in that and um, you know was 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 really good. But yeah, it, them getting to see and hear so much of what I'm I'm doing at home. It's like, Dad, you really do complain about network and security engineers a lot when you're on calls with people, don't you? And I say, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. And if you study hard at school, you could be someone I complain about too. So now with every world being online, um, I guess everybody's in one place at one time. Were these conferences held in different cities in Australia before or...? the dev world x world and or were they always in the same cities or generally in the same city uh dev world was usually in melbourne we've once did a uh a location in, uh, in in canberra um uh create world was primarily in uh, in brisbane which is in queensland and uh x world uh marcus where was x world sydney wasn't it sydney yeah the the the, the is typically auc and australian the team that look after dev world which is held in Melbourne, are primarily based in Tasmania. For, for reasons. You know, X World is my jam. I'm in Melbourne. I used to uh, work at the university RMIT where DevWorld was hosted and would help with that. But the conference that I was involved with was in Sydney. Um, at least the Create World team are, are clever enough to actually have it in the same state. Where, where they are. We'll have to put a map of Australia in the show notes for all the kids following at home. Uh, <laughs> yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, Australia's a large place. It's it's huge. It's <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, folks. They have states, many of them, several of them, with different cities, different time zones, and yes. There, there was always a discussion about, you know, oh, should we move, you know, should we, we move to different states? Should we move X-World from Sydney to Melbourne? We might get more more people attending. But the funny thing was, is we would get more people from states other than Sydney would go to, we'd, we'd actually get very few people from Sydney. Uh, and it was the same with DevWorld, wasn't it? Wasn't it as well, John, where, you know, you would get lots of people traveling and quite happy to travel. Um, so the actual location as to physically where it is. That, that, that is, well, was a fairly... Uh 
fairly significant Australian thing. Uh, Australians were frequently quite happy to travel between states. In fact, the uh, the corridor between uh, Melbourne and Sydney, which is about a one hour flight between one and a half hour flight between uh, those two cities. Uh, was um, until until COVID became a thing. Um, I believe one of the highest trafficked uh, air corridors in the world. Um, just the the volume of flights between those two cities because people I know of people who would commute like literally commute from one state to the next. What's the uh, drive drive time, or is there a train or? Uh, there's a train. The train is like uh, six to eight hours. Uh, the drive is uh, a little bit longer than that. Like, like it's it's a fairly significant um, yeah. uh, a transit. Um, but just Australians were just really quite happy to go from state to state, which is why like we never really felt it te- terribly like strange that uh, we are all based out of Tasmania. Which, uh, for those who don't know, Tasmania is that island down the very bottom right hand side of the map. Down, re- we are the place where if you want to go to Antarctica then you leave from Tasmania. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm actually looking out the window and uh, I'm actually looking at the ship that's going to be, be the next icebreaker that, uh, that starts heading down to Antarctica to go and uh, coordinate the Antarctic bases that Australian research people do. Anyway, so just because, yeah, it was just very, very normal. Now, as a result of everyone going online, now we're all in the same room and the whole thing has just collapsed and the world's gotten even smaller while also getting nice and big at the same time. So the world is flat. Yeah. <laughs> the world is small and flat. You guys are combining three conferences. Um, obviously, you're not going to run that as a single track. How, how many tracks are, are you offering and, and what is the We actually are. So we actually are running as a single track. We are. We as a single track, yeah. So, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to... Um, Run so we're we're scheduling it as like a block of development focused stuff followed by a block of uh, device management stuff followed by a block of uh, creative management uh, creative stuff almost said creative management that's not quite the same thing um, and uh, yeah um, basically the whole thing is designed to be something that you can tune in for the bits you're interested in and tune out. A thing that we've realized as we uh, build out and run these kinds of events is that people are not necessarily interested in sitting there watching video for eight hours a day over three days, which is how long our event runs for. So we've designed this to be something that you can dip into when you want to without necessarily having to commit to being a part of the whole thing. Uh, and there's a number of other things we do as well to to try and make sure that our uh, we're not fatiguing our audience like putting a really really hard cap on uh on our talk lengths and also keeping those quite short normally a conference talk goes about 40 45 minutes is the general standard conference talk slot size uh for most events we uh went no we're actually going to do 20 minute 25 minute uh max with a with 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 a good break between them um because that turns out to be the about as long as you can as you can tolerate. It's about the the length of a medium length YouTube video. Without hearing any of these talks, I saw that talk length and I immediately fell in love with your conference because that's been one of the things for Mac DevOps is like five minute quick talks as well as thirty minute maximum talks. Shorter talks, that's good. Another another thing that we're aware of is that uh, unlike an in person event, everyone is at their computer and the entire rest of the internet is just one alt tab away. So right. you don't have much time before people get bored, regardless of how good your content is. They're going to be tempted to go and do something else and drift away. 
Or so work. You've got to yeah, yeah. or work as well. Yeah, people you, you, are you, being you, demanded to work at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, people are not being given leave to to uh, to go and uh, go and attend an event, even though it requires uh, the same level of uh, cognitive uh, resources as an in-person event would. But of course, there's a whole other host of uh, problems that uh, come out of the, the management of people working from home because people who run offices go, oh, fantastic. All of my costs of running an office have gone way down now. Uh, and I can just offload a lot of the uh, the, the management resources and the, 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 the physical resources onto my employees themselves. Fantastic. And, and all of that commuting time that you had in between meetings or in between um, site visits or wherever you were going, you can now shoehorn additional Zoom calls into those slots where you, you were, you know, sitting in a car. So you can then find out about more work that you need need to do. Uh, the, the other way of looking at the, the shorter um, conference sessions as well is if there is a dis- distraction, if you're getting, you know, a pop-up where, you know, a customer wants to talk to you or someone wants to ask you a question, if you're... 10 minutes into a one-hour session, that's like, right, things things might be properly on fire by the time I wait for this. I better jump in and do it now. But if you're thinking, I'm just going to leave that for 10 minutes and I can actually finish watching the thing I'm doing, it's, it's a lot easier to put things to one side and, and finish a session than it is if they were if they were really long, sort of hoping that that'll be an easier um, decision for people to make. Uh, one of the things that we found uh, was that if folks wanted to continue the conversation, they could stay in the Discord channel for that talk and continue to have that conversation. But you could, or we could continue on with the next speaker. And and whereas when it's an open question and answer in, or in an actual conference yeah. room, you can't do that. So so there are some benefits. There are definitely some yeah. benefits here. There's, th- th- there's a lot to recommend it, but... At the same time, though, I don't think that uh, you generally get what you want out of these kinds of events if you go to them with an expectation that they're going to be like an in-person event. You've yep. got to approach these as this is a new kind of thing, and we're all together trying to figure out how we approach them. One, one of the benefits we've also had is um, coming towards sort of the end of the traditional conference season as well, is we've, we've all been able to experience lots of different things and be able to make decisions around what's worked, what hasn't worked. Um, what's what are some things we haven't seen that we think is maybe an idea so we can try and then other people will be able to make a decision later on as to whether that worked or didn't work. Um, I know the people who people who started this out at um, at the beginning of lockdown were you know breaking new ground and having to try and you know try and imagine what people might want and there's been some really amazing successes there that have, have allowed us to build on that to um, to, to try something and incorporate things. Our, our conference, we did it completely live, which was in retrospect, a huge effort. And, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think it was worth it, but yeah, it, doing everything live. I mean, uh, for every world, you're doing a mix of live and recorded, which I think is much more sane. You seem like very smart people. Thank you. Um, I mean, that, that comes out of, uh, a desire to have a wider range of people, but like, uh, when we did everything uh, in person, then uh, if you have an international speaker, then what that means is you're either paying to fly them in, which is uh, often prohibitively expensive, or you have them remote in. And remoting into a live event is dissatisfying to everyone involved. Um, but now everyone's remoting in, and also there's no way to tell the difference between a pre-recorded um, talk and a live talk. So, uh, yeah, it really does take a lot of the the the, the pressure off of me as the main person who's going to be like running the switching system, running the broadcast controls, uh, I, I get to like hit the play button and then 
I know that they're not going to suddenly lose their, like, their, their, their camera's not going to fail halfway through and it, it gives me a little bit of a break. What fun is that? There's no fun in that, John. That's You're taking all the risk out of it. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's right fun is the same thing as risk i forgot uh, actually a thing that um the smartest thing that i th- uh, that i saw and the thing honestly an event that i am blown away by the quality and just the overall uh production value of was uh was pax online are you are you folks familiar with uh, with the penny arcade expo i have friends that have gone a lot that's in seattle right it's it's actually in or a few different it? cities okay yeah, so so like there's one in Seattle, there's one in there's one in uh, uh, Austin, I believe, uh, or Dallas, I can't remember. Uh, one like all over the world. There's one in Australia, um, and of course this year they went well. We're not running our physical events. We'll run it online. We'll rather than run running multiple in-person events, we'll run one online event. And so they created what it ended up being run out of Discord and also on Twitch. So their video was on Twitch and their community was on Discord. Um, the Discord thing was just an enormous piece of work because you had multiple tens of thousands of people all in the same place all talking at the same time and the moderation load of that was just incredible um but what what pax online did was they actually required that every single talk be pre-recorded every single one uh and that meant like i think that's the only way they could have done an event of that size because they were running uh content 24 hours a day across three different channels for five days and that's just astonishing I think because we did a Discord, but we tied the registration to membership in the channels. Like if you're a speaker, you had access to speaker channels. And if you're a vendor in the vendor channels, people would jump in the Discord and be like, hi, who are you, uh, Gamer5500? You know, and they have all these Gamer Discord uh, accounts. And uh, so trying to match people registering for your conference and who they really were was, uh, I found, slightly difficult and made for some some awkward conversations. Hi, who are you? (laughs) You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's actually a thing that we've noticed as well. Discord only fairly recently um, did a, a really mild pivot away from what they originally were. They they grew out of um, uh, an, an online uh, gaming social network that was actually not chat based at all. It was uh, it came out of a company called OpenFaint, um, which was one of the first early uh, iOS and mobile focused um, video game frameworks so you could embed open faint into your game and then you'd get leaderboards and achievements and chat and that kind of stuff and you just have that in your game um and that that kind of went that was all right um but didn't really super go anywhere and eventually got superseded by um what eventually became um a game center um and uh the developers of OpenFaint went, what we really liked was the community, let's let's do that. And so Discord was a place primarily focused on video game culture, video game communities. If you have a group of people who either want to play games with you or you are a game developer yourself, you could run a Discord. And the whole thing was very, very gamer bro focused. Like, um, it was like a bit funny, a bit silly, a bit, when you'd load it up, it would, like, the loading prompt would be, uh, please wait, we're basting the game turkey. And... Uh, that while that was great for gamers, it made it very, very difficult to uh, take the kinds of features that um, that that Discord has, which are very good technical features, and um, uh, say to your colleagues and coworkers, "Hey, let's do this via Discord." And they go, "Okay, cool. Wait, what's this? Why why is it telling me that I'm a cool gaming lead hacker? Um, that that this is weird. I'm going back to Slack." Uh, about two or three months ago, they they saw. Uh, the influx of people who were basically kind of pushing through that that layer of of gaming culture and just ignoring it, and they went, you know what? We are more about 
um, communities in general than just video game communities. And that's made it a lot, a lot easier to uh, to let, for example, our events and things like it run on Discord. Do you have any uh, highlights of some of the talks? You have some people from all around the world participating. Any highlights? We have a bunch of really, really cool uh uh, talks coming through. So one of the ones that I'm I'm really interested in is uh, an artist by the name of uh, of Sutu S U T U. Uh, Stuart Campbell is is the is the real name, um, and he does enormous amounts of fantastic work in AR and VR. Uh, does a lot of really uh, extremely interesting stuff, pushing the boundaries of what it's like to create art in uh, an embedded like physical or semi physical space. Um, I'm really excited for that. Uh, we've got stuff from the the early history of computing uh, on on the device management side. We've got uh, the, uh, the the studio director of uh, the uh, of, of the studio that kind of popularized the idea of the endless runner. Um, so uh, we'll be hearing from Adam Saltzman from Finji about how to operate a creative studio in a remote sense because they've been doing that th- uh, this whole time even before uh, the pandemic. Um, Marcus, do you have any uh, like stuff on your side that like you really want to like call out? Yeah, well, um, the the history of computing. So that's um, a, a lot of the people listening to this podcast would would know Charles Edge. So he, he's um, as well as all of his uh, Mac admin stuff. He's got a great podcast on the history of computing. So he's going to be giving a keynote about um, you know going right back into the depths and looking at the, the way um, computers of um, the idea of computers has transformed and what we do with computers. Um, Paul Bowden from Microsoft is someone who's been um, a big asset to the Mac admins community. Um, so he's going to be talking about uh, what's new with um, with uh, Microsoft Office for Mac and Apple Silicon. So that's going to be really, really exciting to hear. Um, Jamf have always been um, great supporters of, um, of XWorld and they're continuing that. So we're going to be having some speakers from Jamf talking about some um, some specific deep dives on different techniques for using uh, using that software. Um, we've got a we've got um, we've got a few Canadians um, presenting. Anthony Reimer's um, going to be doing a workshop on um, auto package, which is fantastic. But then there's also going to be somebody else talking about DevOps um, <laughs> that might be of interest to some some of the people here. Um, so uh, yeah, Matt, uh, really looking forward to to what you've got to to present, but. Um, the, the the thing that I really like as well is you know I would when I was organising DevWorld uh, when I was helping organise the um, the venue for DevWorld when I was at the university I used to go along there I'm not a developer um, but I would go and see all of these amazing presentations and that you know that's where I met John and met the the rest of the team that were organising that and you know got some really great ideas and fascinating, you know, even for things that I may not have any need to do myself, just seeing great talks. So that's that's something that really excites me this year. Of, and it's one of the reasons we, we've decided not to go for separate streams is the idea of crossing the streams and being able to watch presentations that whilst you may not have thought of attending that conference when it's sitting there presented in front of you you can watch it and and discover some really um amazing stories uh, and get some insights into what people are doing so whilst i'll be really excited about the the device management track i'm really looking forward to to seeing uh, the other presentations and, and seeing what other people have been up to I think people are going to hear some really awesome ideas, hear some really good talks, and make some new friends. 
already I've made some new friends by uh, lurking and uh, meeting people in the introductions channel. And uh, uh, last week we interviewed Malin, who's an iOS developer who lives in Vancouver, but she's presenting on uh, Swift UI. So we, I've already made friends with people who live in my town, thanks to AUC and every world. Thank you very much. It's already paying off. Really great that we're able to like create the same kinds of outcomes already for this kind of event that we have had in the past, but now we're doing it again via different uh, different means. You are beautiful people. <laughs> Probably something that might be worth um, explaining to people who are uh, thinking of coming along and watching for the first time. Um, there's something that that started in in Dev World. Um, that's very unique to DevWorld and very specific to DevWorld that, John, maybe I might get you to um, just give people a little bit of insight into why maybe they might see a lot of um, Anvil reactions happening yeah, it's not, in the not uh, bananas, Discord. right? <laughs> no. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so, so basically, there is a particular uh, slide transition uh, inside, um, inside Keynote, uh, Apple Keynote, that um, is just the um the most over the top splashy ridiculous makes no sense uh and you would uh like extremely easy to get to get visually tired of it and that is the anvil drop uh transition where basically content falls from the top of the screen and lands and there's a crash and there's dust and there's particles and it's way over the top so a couple of our um uh, of our presenters, I believe starting from, I think it was 2014, our 2014 event, uh, decided that uh, they would really just, um, I think mostly to to just mildly annoy us, the organizers, made every single transition be the anvil drop. Every time they made a point, even <laughs> it was a tiny one, they would drop an anvil every single time. Um, and it actually just turned into an ongoing joke. Um, so over time, the anvil became almost almost kind of a symbol and it reached its peak uh was it, was it last year marcus um last that, no, i think it was the year but the year before last that's right where um so at the end of every conference we run lightning talks very very short um ad hoc uh talks that people can sign up for uh, during the conference and some really really great co uh, content comes out of that um so one of the one of the uh one of the Lightning Talks that was uh, registered was the very, very last one. They requested it be the last one uh, in in the block, uh, and it would be a special reveal. And they didn't specify what. And we said, all right, sounds fine, good. And their talk was they uh, they hit play in in the music app and uh, began to play uh, also uh, Spark Zarathustra. Um, and they wheeled in a covered object. And uh, as the music builds and builds and builds, they're getting ready. They're lifting this enormous object, this incredibly huge object. They're really, really struggling to, to, to move it. And as it uh, hits the, the final peak of it, the bum bum, they pull the sheet away. And it's an anvil, a real, actual, honestly goodness anvil that they had managed to ship in, sneak up the elevator, place behind the, the, the podium, and it had managed to, uh, to to basically reveal. And then they re they, they fire their, their, their poppers, there's, there's confetti going everywhere, and the entire audience is going absolutely wild. It, uh, yeah. And that's our conference. I, I think that summarizes it. That's, that's uh, every world in a nutshell, the anvil. Um, seems like uh, every conference has its thing. It absolutely does. The best bit about that was once a reveal had taken place and the lightning talk was open, they were left standing in a lecture theatre in a university with an anvil that they now no longer needed anymore <laughs> <laughs> and trying to work out, now what do we do with it? Um, 
which which yeah, just the, added to the charm. The audience all just files out, and and and, and so these speakers are standing there along with us, the organisers, and uh, we're like, "All right, I guess we're just going to sweep all all this confetti. Who, who wants the anvil?" <laughs> I think that's perfect. <laughs> Who's got room in the hand luggage? <laughs> Better than the uh, first year at Mac DevOps where I struggled for a gift idea for the speakers and gave them pocket knives, which all got confiscated <laughs> by uh, airport security. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm never living that one down, apparently. So, um, <laughs> at least I didn't give them an anvil. Can I plug ticket sales? Yes. So tickets are available at everyworld.com.au. So from there, you can find out more about the event. You can see uh, our speakers. You can you can also just see information about it. And also you can uh, register your ticket. It's actually extremely cost-effective and extremely uh, cheap uh, because, uh, well, our, our operating costs of running this conference are extremely low. Um, so like our our standard ticket is uh, 25 uh, Australian dollars uh, and also uh, student prices are 15 as well. So really, really um, like low price for some great content and that's that's my salesman voice as you can probably tell but uh, we're really <laughs> proud of this content and we're trying to make it extremely affordable so hop on over to everyworld.com.au even greater value if you're overseas because our dollar is not worth very much yeah oh, i yeah, just no, did a like, strict yeah. uh, a google translate and that's 23.75 canadian dollars and maybe that's 20 us dollars or something and oh less than yeah. that yeah the dates of the conference and the conference takes place from uh, 25th of November to the 27th, and the whole thing's online. And those are Australian dates as well, so they may be slightly different in your neck of the woods. Oh, well, thank you very much, uh, Marcus and John, for uh, bringing every world to us and uh, putting on this massive effort to create community and uh, deliver content to our brains. Um, you are awesome, and thank you to your team for doing all this hard work, because we know it is hard work. <laughs> Uh, well, thank, thanks very much for having us on, and, and thank you for your conference as well. Um, I know that it's been fantastic content there, um, and it's something that I've always wanted to go and um, visit in real life. Um, maybe one day we'll be able to do that again soon. I hope to, to make it to Australia one day, and I hope that uh, you can make it to Vancouver and join us for Mac DevOps when we return to our regularly scheduled program where <laughs> we hang out in real life and uh, have ramen and... Uh, beverages and hang out and i i invite everyone to vancouver and uh i hope to see you all in australia and uh, thanks for your efforts thank you and thanks to everyone else on the um on the every world team as well there's a whole bunch of people that put a lot of effort into this conference yeah we uh, there's a lot of people behind the scenes as well uh, even more behind the scenes than we are um so <laughs> particular thanks to uh uh, to Tony Gray, Paris Ruffledison, Tim Nugent, Mars Ruffledison, uh, and uh, uh, Daniel Delbosco as well, as well as you, you yourself, Marcus. And David Umuni, don't forget David. Oh, David Umuni, um, of course. Of course when, whenever we yes. start reeling out names, we, we know we're going to forget people. But uh, Yeah, yes, David. Yeah. No. Yes, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Marcus and John. Yeah, thank you, guys. If you want to sponsor the Mac DevOps podcast, uh, just give us a shout at hello at mdoyvr.com. We'll be accepting sponsorships for the podcast and for the next year's conference. Thank you to our Mac DevOps YVR 2020 sponsors. Our sponsors for Mac DevOps YVR, the conference 2020. Mac Stadium, our platinum sponsor. Thank you so much for helping us out. Sauce Labs, our gold sponsor, Simple MDM, our silver sponsor, and Adigy, our bronze sponsor, as well as Elastic, our community sponsor. Thank you so much. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today for the Mac DevOps podcast. Thank you to our guests, and thank you to our co-hosts, 
Today's episode was edited by J.D. Strong. Please like and share this podcast on your favorite podcast service. I was testing some of my material on my youngest, and she was like disapproving of all my jokes. She's like, don't say those things during your podcast, Dad. <laughs> oh. <laughs>